0: All right. Welcome back. It's time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. Okay. We started the show today talking to Terry Mooring, the president of the BC Teachers Union, Mm -hmm. who want, they want the vaccine. I mean, they're making, she's making the case that teachers should move up the line to get the vaccine. Cops want it. First responders want it, right? Truck drivers. Paramedics. A lot of people want the vaccine. I thought you made a, a pretty good case for teachers to get the vaccine. But why? Let's talk about the, how who is getting the vaccine first. I mean, no. what do you think about how they're, you know, the priority that Bonnie Henry is giving?
1: So the priority is for vaccinating people who work in places where the virus is transmitted the most where there's outbreaks in clusters. And what we're seeing, and we've seen since day one, those are, in terms of the greatest number, are in closely congregated work sites, food processing plants, poultry processing plants, industrial work sites. So there was more than 65,000 doses of AstraZeneca arrived last week. They are, that's going to be distributed, that is being distributed uh, and being administered. Uh, for vaccinations of people in those in those facilities, in food processing, and again industrial work sites, we have another batch of AstraZeneca coming in late April. Still a month away, about 136,000 doses. There's a public health committee that will report this week of their recommendations or their determination of how those doses will be allocated. So you've got teachers there saying it should be us. You've got police and other first responders saying it should be us. You've got truck drivers, uh, commercial truck drivers who uh, supply the supply chain saying it should be us. Uh, you start doing the math uh, and looking at how many people we're talking about. So in, in terms of teachers, you just can't, it's very unlikely only teachers in the education system would be inoculated. You've also got support staff, Q, Q, yeah. K-12 support staff. You've got school administrators. The bus
0: drivers, yeah, school the jan- bus drivers, the janitors,
1: yeah, and so that's about a hundred thousand people in the K to twelve education yeah. sector. So perhaps they get it, and that leaves thirty six thousand doses for others, and it could very well end up being that way. But that's the sort of the balancing act public health is trying to figure out. But
0: here's what Terry Mooring told me: like we played the clip of Dr. Bonnie Henry making this point that look, we're prioritizing workplaces where there's danger of the spread of this vaccine, like chicken processing plants where mm-hmm. we've seen some outbreaks, and she said, "Well, look." You know, schools are, are closely clustered groups of people. We're we're working in a congregate well, setting. We got teachers who are being exposed to COVID from kids with runny nose in elementary school. We've had outbreaks in schools. So how come we don't qualify well,
1: under that definition? Far fewer outbreaks in schools and industrial sites, far fewer. Uh, and again... Unless the TF comes up with evidence to the contrary, the public health officials have said there is no, there's very little evidence of transmission in schools. People get Well, there's the been virus, some
0: outbreaks. There's been a, there's been a couple of schools closed down. But again, although, although not, there's like, there's over 2,000 schools in the province. Yeah. And nowhere so,
1: near compared to our poultry processing plants, our correction facilities. If you recall, during the pandemic, we had a number of industrial sites where we literally had more than 100 people. Uh, so you think the government's, the government's doing the right thing? Well, we'll see, you know, I mean, they've, you've got to pick and choose your who's going to get this vaccine. So we're going to find out later this month. I mean, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if the education sector is part of this. I mean, you and could, she, has,
0: she has not ruled out moving them up.
1: Oh, no, not yeah. at all. I mean, yeah. there, there are going to be 100. There's 130. Again, there's two immunization plans going on here. There's one. Age-based. That's the one that continues to roll out, the 80-year-olds, the 85-year-olds, the 90-year-olds. And we're going to work our way through the people over the age of 70. That's the Pfizer-Moderna vaccine. And that's going to play out through the spring and summer parallel to that is the AstraZeneca vaccine. That's targeted to priority groups, and that's going to be, as I say, right now, it's the food processing, industrial work sites. Now, later in the week, it's going to be broadened to include other sectors. It could conceivably include the education sector. I wouldn't be surprised at all if that was the case.
0: Okay, let's listen to real quickly here to Dr. Bonnie Henry speaking yesterday, and here she is encouraging people to be patient. The vaccine's coming.
2: I recognize that everybody is eager right now to get their vaccine as quickly as possible, and we will be doing that. It will be available for everyone. Everyone who is immunized also protects
1: the rest of us.
0: Okay, and they, they seem to be doing pretty well so far with the vaccine roll, the, you know, the day, one, yeah. the day one, the disaster notwithstanding. How's it going now?
1: Yeah, things are, are going quite well, from my understanding. TELUS has stepped up and put 600 people uh, yeah. to answer phones. Uh, at the call centers, uh, it in fact, it moved so well that yesterday uh, we moved people uh, in the 80 uh, age cohort up a week yeah, right. so they can now uh, access their appointments. Now, the vaccinations actually began yesterday on mass. Right, right. And the reports we got on Global was everything moved pretty swimmingly well. Uh, yeah. Prince Rupert is going through their own. Vaccination effort. Everybody in that town is going to get vaccinated in a very short period of time because of the uh, the high um, positivity rate up there. So again, but again we're, we're at the very beginning of a massive, massive program to actually get needles in the arms of more than 4 million people in a very short period of time. Okay, let me ask about
0: this AstraZeneca vaccine and whether it is safe. Now, we have seen some countries in Europe have stopped using it because of these reports about blood clots mm-hmm. and whatever, and we have health officials here in Canada saying, we're not worried, this is a safe, effective vaccine. What are people supposed to take away from that?
1: That AstraZeneca is safe. Uh, public health officials in Canada say it's a safe vaccine. What's happened in Europe? There is, now, vaccines come out in batches or lots. Yeah. And sometimes, and we've seen this in the past, some lots are compromised. and a bad batch. A, a bad batch. And that may be what the case is in, in Europe. We don't know that yet. But keep in mind, there's a famous story in Canada. Back in the 1950s, when the polio vaccine was first developed by Jonas Salk, Uh, There were reports in the United States of some kids actually getting polio after they were vaccinated, and that was very much a cause for concern. So our health minister of the day, Paul Martin, who was the father of the future finance minister, prime minister, uh, he was the health minister. He had to make the call. Do I continue allowing the immunization of kids to this this new vaccine that nobody had experience with, or do I shut it down? He made the call to keep going. And it turned out later on that, sure enough, what had happened in the States, they traced the bad batch of vaccine to one particular manufacturer who had done some shortcuts uh, that ended up compromising that particular batch, but the vaccine itself was healthy and effective, and of course it saved you know millions of lives. But there was a right. bad batch, and that may be the case with AstraZeneca. In fact, today, NASI, the National Advisory Council on Immunization, went further and and recommended that uh, AstraZeneca could actually be used for 65 year olds and, and right. older, even though that wasn't part of the clinical trial. So they've determined that not only is it safe, it's actually safer than it was. A week ago. Okay, as we continue with the vaccine
0: rollout, could we see some of the restrictions that are in place now be scaled back further? And I'm thinking specifically about in-person religious services. And let me, let me play Dr. Bonnie Henry once again. Uh, yesterday, talking about reopening churches, mosques, synagogues, temples. Here she is.
2: Phase safe reopening to uh, in-person religious services across the board over the next few months. And uh, the the target for that, um, based on the advice that uh, I'll be getting, we'll be getting in the next uh, few weeks, I, I'm hopeful um, that, that we're looking at sometime in, in the middle of April.
1: Okay, your thoughts? Yeah, well, I mean, middle of April is very important, Easter and such, uh, in-person Religious services certainly are desired by many, many faith groups. Um, again, they're working towards this. And as well as we Easter, get more... Easter Sunday is uh, April 4th, yeah. so it sounds so like
0: she's talking about after Easter.
1: It, it could be. Again, as we get more people vaccinated, as the weather warms up, you're going to see restrictions ease. The one one, little big giant asterisk to this whole thing are the variants uh, of concern. Yeah. The, What's the latest there? So we're not in as bad a situation as, as Ontario, which now the variants are basically the dominant virus in that province, uh, and it's the UK variant prim- primarily. In BC, we're nowhere near that. But in the space of one week, the number of variant cases has more than doubled, and more alarmingly, the number of active cases have doubled. So we're finding variant cases as we go back and test old cases, but they're no longer uh, they're they're past the incubation period, so they're not transmitting. But we're fine. We went from 95 to 190, or 99 to 195 uh, active cases in just a few days.
0: Okay, let me ask you about June in Kamloops, who called the show Yay. yesterday. I had a day off yesterday. Um, and we had a, a call in, and Jody Vance filled in. I'm very grateful. Thank you, Jody, for filling in yesterday, and you guys took a great call on the open line yesterday from June in Comox, and she needed a ride. She needed a lift to go get her shot. 90 years old. Shot. Here's what she said on the open line yesterday.
2: I'm 90 years old, so I qualify for this first rollout, and I made my appointment for the vaccine, and that was quite easy, and my appointments for this Wednesday... But now my problem is I don't have a way to get there and I haven't canceled the appointment yet because I'm hoping for a miracle and then I'll figure out a way to get there.
0: Okay,
1: so we got some happy news. To so Joe, Jody Vance, fashioned the Miracle, along with our producers at NW and Joe's Taxi. Uh, called in, in Courtney, uh, and uh, they're going to give her a ride. They're going to give June, who's 90 years old in Comox, a lift to her vaccination appointments. That's great.
0: Okay. All right, welcome back to the show. Keith Baldry is my guest. Baldry's beat. Let's go to your phone calls now. T- uh, Terry in Vancouver. Hi, Terry.
2: Hi. 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 Um, my question is, I keep getting mixed result, uh, answers. I phone into the COVID hotline that are non-medical Issues and saying, if type 1, which it is, an autoimmune disease and an auto deficiency, but they don't list it on their website. They do say, yes, you are in the priority group. I've had three people say yes, and one person said no.
0: Like if you, have not- t- if you have type 1 diabetes, is what you're saying.
2: Yeah, and right? I'm 68, and yeah. I wonder if I fall into the priority list.
1: Keith, you know? Yeah, so the list is changing. Uh, we were told early on it was it was subject to change. Some p- specific underlying health conditions are listed on the website of the Center for Disease Control and on different health authorities, but it is subject to change. I would check with your medical provider to see what the advice they've been given uh, because there are, there's about 165,000 people. Who will be getting the vaccine earlier than the age cohort because of their various underlying health conditions? So check with right. your health provider.
2: Well, he says you are, but I don't want to sit and wait in line, you know, on the phone, and then they say, "Sorry, you're not, you're not a priority." Um, I'm, I'm
0: looking, I'm looking at the list now. I don't, I don't see the type one diabetes there on, on the no. list though. But the list uh, is
1: isn't exhaustive.
2: Yeah, it's it's huge, and he said we can't put every autoimmune disease in there.
1: That's right. But That's type right.
2: 1 is that, and it definitely is an autoimmune disease.
1: Okay, Terry, thank you for the call. Well, if your health provider is saying you qualify, uh, f- assuming they're basing that on information they've been given, I would get in the queue and see what happens.
0: Okay, let's go to Margot in Vancouver. Hi, Margot. Yeah, good morning.
2: Keith, my question uh, is about forms that people fill out. I'm just wondering why, if you know why, we don't have them online where we can download Mm -hmm. them, fill them all out at home, have them in our hand when we arrive. They can review them, perhaps. But now people have got clipboards. I'm noticing people standing around with forms on clipboards. Who cleans off all those clipboards?
1: (laughs) Uh, Well, there are sanitation measures in place at, at immunization clinics. In terms of online... Uh, the goal, I think, is April 12th for the health authorities to uh, have online registration for immunizations. Why it's not happening now is a good question. Fraser Health has their own online program, which seems to be succeeding. Uh, begs the question why other health authorities aren't there. But that's going to happen in April.
0: Margot, thank you for the call. James in Vancouver. Hi, James.
2: Hi guys. Thanks for taking my call. Keith, I got a quick question that this doesn't make any sense to me. They're vaccinating these companies for communicable spread, but it takes three weeks for the vaccine to reach any kind of effectiveness. Why aren't they just quarantining everybody at the building for two weeks? Testing them, letting them go back to work, and giving the vaccines to people that actually need them.
0: Right, it's a good question. Yeah, I've had people question. raise the yeah, same yeah, the same why, thing. Like, why, why not I, just shut the business down? Yeah, uh, like you've had the Costco operations. You had the Costco outbreak. You had yeah. the glass the, the glass, glass company
1: in Vancouver. Go mm-hmm. ahead. Yeah, and again, it's uh, the, this is being done to contain transmission to prevent the transmission. But it is it's a valid question to say, why not go the further step and just simply close the operations down until this thing works its way through.
0: Yeah, I mean, after you've, I mean, after people, so many people are infected, is, is the vaccine really going to help at that point?
1: Well, I think it would help. Well, uh, again, we've seen, we've seen in long-term care homes, a number of people get infected, the vaccine goes in and suddenly it's, it's gone. Yeah. Uh, so it, the vaccine huh. does have a positive impact.
0: Let's go to Sandra on the line in North Van. Hi. Hi.
2: Hi. Hi. I have, a, have, I guess, a question for your question about who gets the vaccine first. Yeah. Um, we have to ask who is first in line with the patient's The patients are in their houses and your paramedics walk in the front door, they put oxygen on the patients and they stay with the patients for up to an hour before anyone else sees them. They give them oxygen, they give them an IV, they transport them to the hospital. Sometimes they have to resuscitate them and they stay with them in emergency until the doctors can see them. And yet this province has never treated their paramedics with the respect that they deserve. They just, my son, who's a paramedic, just got his shot last week. And -hmm. they had to fight for them. They had to fight for those.
1: Paramedics are always were a part of that first rollout that's there on the website that uh, again, but it takes time to get the shots to all the people who are listed. Again, there's so many acute care health frontline health workers that are getting the dose again, not based on age, but because of their occupation.
0: So when, when we talk about first responders, paramedics are receiving the vaccine firefighters and police officers are not That's right. at this point, That's right?
1: That's right. They're in phase three, but they could be moved up again with AstraZeneca coming online right. next month.
0: And they're certainly making the case to move up. Let's go to Ken and Langley. Hey, Ken. Hey, Mike. Uh, yeah. I know it must be very hard for our officials to make these tough decisions with such limited vaccines. Um, the police can't fall sick, our protectors and crime fighters. Our food suppliers can't fall sick because they supply our food for light. And other things, but it is tough. But this
2: still comes down to the same old story at the end. It's that foolish, uh,
1: those uh, stupid fools in Ottawa that caused all this to put us behind this uh, ball uh, that makes the vaccine shortage
0: so bad and having to have our officials making these tough, tough decisions. And okay, uh, okay thank you, thank, thanks people. for the call. Sorry to cut you off. Or just out of time, if you want ahead.
1: to trace this back far enough, you could argue that closing Connaught Laboratories many years ago, which uh, did create vaccines, was the ultimate short-sighted move. I don't think uh, necessarily what the Trudeau government did is worse than that. Well, I
0: think Trudeau is still going to take his lumps over the vaccine rollout, but I think he still wants an election, too.
1: Well I'm so. not sure he'll take his lumps. If if people are literally getting the, the, the shot by the hundreds of thousands, that's gonna be good news for him. Can